ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios inside X-Golf Katie. here's the Bees Knees themselves, Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. He's Blank. I'm Branham. Killer Bees, X-Golf, and Katie, the spot to be on this. Always the spot to be. Uh, but ESPN 97.5 broadcasting there all afternoon. Stop by, say hello, get some. Get some swings in, take a couple of your buddies, try to beat that 15-under and that three-man scramble, have some drinks, have a bite. X-Golf, great spot uh, to hang out all the time. 713-780-ESPN. So there's a lot of uh, lot of big names that are rumored to be involved in trades in the NFL, and we, we see this more often now than we did 10 years ago. Uh, big names get traded now in the NFL. Uh, already a couple of people texting in some names that they like, 713-780-3776-7584, Justin Jefferson. Uh, I've heard two first and a second. No-brainer for me. Not sure if the rumors were legitimate or not, though. Uh, we've seen this because, like, what what are they doing at quarterback? There's a little bit of confusion. Like, there's a little bit of unknown there, at least from the outside. Do they bring back Cousins? How much are they willing to pay Cousins? If they don't pay, bring back Cousins, is Justin Jefferson going to be mad? What does his contract situation look like? So there's some uncertainty there. When there's uncertainty, it's like, okay, maybe he'll be on the move. Would you give two first and a second for Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I might. Uh, I, this has come up when Joe and I were ta- uh, when you were out a, a, a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about potential Christian McCaffrey type trades. If you want to model yourself after a conversation you and I had about and Joe about, would you rather be the Chiefs or the Niners? And I was like, at a certain point, if you're the Niners, do you make a trade to get a big star from a team that's basically rebuilding? And and it's interesting that we're talking about this now because today on ESPN, Tannenbaum and some of those guys were saying. Biggest hot takes for things coming in the next couple of weeks. One of them said they're going to re-sign Kirk Cousins and, and, and they're going to look to really you know, take care of Justin Jefferson. And then Tannenbaum or someone else said they're going to pass on Kirk Cousins. They're going to try and move up in the draft. And if that means Justin Jefferson, then so be it. Obviously, you'd love to have a marriage between a big-time wide receiver one and C.J., but as we talked about, C.J. makes everybody around him better, especially in the skilled positions. It's a lot to give up with the two. If it, it, you know, We've had a couple of different scenarios, but I don't think that just one number one is going to get it done. So if you say two ones and a two, I'm going to consider that. I'm going to consider it because, and I think that I would do it because you put him on this roster, now whether you re-sign Nico or not, you've got – arguably the best receiver in the game, and he's young. And you pair him with your quarterback, who you don't have to worry about paying for several years, and that's one hell of a combination to build around. Well, I think you would have to pay him, though. Like, if you're trading for him, I think he's going to want the contract immediately. Yeah, that the one thing then you talk about is what you and I was, the double whammy. Yep. You, you're going to have to give up draft capital, and you're going to have to pay him. But knowing yeah, you've got the final best year. receiver in this the game. This is final year, Blankers. Ooh. Yeah, this, is, this is the fifth-year rookie option. So I mean, you have to pay him immediately. Like you're you're making that yeah. trade and you're signing him to an extension, and you better you better have the extension done when you make the trade. It's the Laramie Tunsil thing. To. Yeah, I was gonna say Tunsil and Bill O'Brien. 
know exactly how that's not supposed to be done, then you're going to have to start talking to guys about restructuring contracts and saying to guys that are already making money like Howard and Tunsil, hey, we can we can bring this guy in. We're going to have to restructure your contracts. Uh, it's going to be a, a, you know, a challenge in a, in a certain amount of ways, but obviously it's going to make our team a whole hell of a lot better. I, I think I'm out on this. Uh, I don't really like star and scrub teams. And if you're making this move, you're you're going to be star and scrubby because now you don't. You I mean you're without three t- premium picks uh, that you can't use to supplement the rest of your roster, and then you're going to give a you're going to give Jefferson a huge chunk of the salary cap space you have. And yes, I know it went up, uh, but Justin Jefferson's going to be looking at more percentage of the cap than he is total dollars. Like the salary caps went up. But that also means that the players are going to ask for more money. Like, people are responding to the salary cap going up today. Like, oh, yeah, now we can still get player that's worth $10 million to $10 million. No, the cap went up, and these agents are going to account for that. And a lot of times the agents aren't even looking for the dollar value. They're looking at the percentage of the cap. So, like, don't get it twisted. Just because the cap went up doesn't mean that you're still going to get the players at the value you thought. Their price also went up, especially for a star, especially for the best, like, arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Some might argue that Jamar Chase is up there, that maybe Tyreek is up there. Devontae Adams probably wouldn't be arguing that anymore. Maybe you did a couple of years ago. But I don't like the double whammy. Like, if he was in free agency and you're going to give him top dollar, that's one thing. But it's another thing to give up two first and a second and then pay him premium top dollar. That's the double whammy that I try to avoid. I would be out on Justin Jefferson, and I know that's not a popular opinion because the thought of Justin Jefferson with Nico Collins, Tank Dell, and then C.J. Stroud uh, is very, very sexy. But these dream teams that look great on paper usually don't pan out, and the reason they usually don't is because we value skill positions and like known players more than we value like the trenches and where games can be won and lost. And if you listen to D'Amico after the season, where do you need to improve? In the trenches. So... I would be out on this as, as yeah, much big, as it pains me to say. The big thing is, is you just enter a different phase in terms of as an organization, you're probably going to be cap challenged every year going forward too because of the fact that you look at teams like the Dolphins when they got Tyreek Hill and they double whammy, they gave up a bunch and they signed him. Yeah, their offense was still potent but at, and they tried to add on defense too and they were in full go-for-it mode but at the end of the season, they start realizing there's a whole lot of guys we're going to have to say goodbye to and become cap casualties because of the fact that from year to year with guys getting into the 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 you know the extensions and the long the the back part of their contracts when the money goes up the general manager and the capologist have a whole lot more to deal with and i think part of these trades too that we don't like give enough credence to is not only are you trading the draft picks but then whenever you give the money, now you're losing out on the opportunity to bring in other free agents. So you're not just losing the two first and a second. Now you're looking at maybe you're losing – like we've talked about you think we have like ten holes to fill in yeah. starting caliber players. You trade for a Justin Jefferson and you give him that money, now all of a sudden you have nine positions you have to fill – and you can only pay for like four. So, like, what do you? What does that mean? That means now, you have some scrubs at some other positions that are vitally important. Now, let me ask you this: because of the fact that he's in the last year of his deal, and we always talk about the fact that the price tag goes way down when you know it's expiring. Do you think that it, it, that's a that that draft cap haul of assets goes down because teams know that it is a double whammy, especially if Minnesota? isn't right now thinking about the fact that they're going to resign them or they 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 don't want to entertain the fact that they're going to have to pay that much money if they're going to be even be, it looks no. like they're going to possibly entertain a rebuild. I mean, Hill was in the final year, wasn't he? Wasn't Devontae in the final year? 
So, like, I think two first is probably too high. Devontae was actually, yeah, the Devontae was actually coming up when they made the deal. Yeah, I think Tyreek sure. was two. I okay. think Tyreek was I thought Tyreek might have had a year left, but regardless, I mean. That, well, it's, that's what it's, I meant. Very Tyreke, much, he would have had a year left like Justin Jefferson had a year left. Okay. Uh, I thought he had, maybe I thought he had two left. I, I, I just thought that Hill didn't need to but wanted to be renegotiated, and they appeased him by, and then also found out. They didn't think he was available. They, they got everything that they wanted, so they took care of him. Uh-huh. But it's different for football than it is in other sports where if it's an expiring deal, normally it doesn't. You, you're not going to get as much in return, and maybe in football it's different. Well, I think it's – yeah, I think so whenever you have the deal done in place, you know, because now you're not trading for an expiring. You're trading for a top receiver that you're going to extend. Um, yeah. Here's a couple of the other names that uh, have been mentioned as being available in the trade. And, I mean, I think you get a gist of where my mind is at. Uh, Stephon Diggs, a name that's been brought up. Uh, kind of the same thing like, for me. Yeah, I don't like him. He, you're right. He's going to want big money. He wants a new deal. And he's a diva with a, that could be a problem in the locker room. And when things aren't going his way and the ball ain't coming his way, he can make a whole lot of trouble that doesn't need to be created on this team. So I'll pass. Devontae Adams? No, I, I think Devontae's best years are behind him, unfortunately, and I know that the quarterback play was suspect last year, but he's making a boatload of money. I don't think he's the receiver he was in Green Bay. I'll pass. Unless I'm getting these guys for, like, fourth or fifth rounders, I'm not trading premium picks. Like, right. that's going to be pretty much my blanket statement on all of these guys. Like, unless it's like this Randy Moss where I'm getting them for a fourth rounder, like, I'm out. Um, Alvin Kamara, like, I mean, if I can get him for a fifth or a sixth, but not really because he's got a huge contract. Like, I would be interested in Alvin Kamara if he's cut. I'm really not interested in trading for him. No, I'm with you. And, again, I think he's got a lot of tread on the tires. I don't know how much tread he's got left on the tires. I think, you know, he's been used, uh, obviously, the way the Saints should have used him, as much as they could, wherever they could. And I'd be concerned about how much he's got left. Khalil Mack is another one. Like, I'm not trading for him, but if he's cut, that's a name that I'm interested in, depending on what I do with defensive ends. And then Brandon Ayuk, I love him, the player. Uh, again, I don't want to trade for a guy and then pay him big money. And quite frankly, if I'm San Francisco, I'm trading the other receiver and keeping Ayuk. Yeah, I, I, I would I would kind of go that way with you as well. But I think that Ayuk, again, he wants big money. And, you know, you see – uh, his relatives get involved in the Twitter as well, where he's looking for money and he wants the ball all the time, and, and that's another double whammy that I don't think you need to get into because if you want to, the way we talked about the draft, you could possibly find another you know, fairly good receiver uh, in the first three rounds of the draft and, and add to the room that you already have and realize you're, you could be just fine. So we're, it seems like we're kind of out on everybody. <laughs> Brian, do you like anybody? Yeah, it's really just the one name, and it's the name you mentioned last, uh, Brandon Ayuk. I, I would be in on Brandon Ayuk uh, not only because, of, obviously, he's been very productive the last two years. He's someone who played in this style of offense, so there's no learning gap, him coming in and having to adjust to a new scheme. He's only 25, well, he's 25, about to turn 26 years old, so he's still, you know, right in the prime of his uh, of his athletic peak. So I would ask absolutely be in on Brandon Ayuk and you know worst case scenario if for some reason it doesn't work out he is on just the one he just has the one year left of 14 million so it doesn't kill your salary cap for this year as far as you're being able to go out and address other starters and hopefully you could actually get the long-term deal done because I mean him Ayuk or Ayuk Tankdale and Nico Collins as your trio would be arguably the best wide receiver room in the NFL what uh what are you trading for I would yeah, go. I, I would go as high as a second. Okay. I, 
I have a hard time thinking they trade him for a late second. Yeah, I don't want to give up a second-round pick on a one-year deal with the chance that I'm not going to re-sign him and, and right. have him around. Yeah, I would, if, I, if I'm making that trade, I need an extension. Yeah, so I, I the, the insurance that you kind of uh, you know pointed out would be like that's not that's no longer there. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I just don't feel like San Francisco would do that. I, I personally, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it if I'm the GM of the Texans. Uh, if I'm the GM of the Niners, I'm keeping AUK and trading Samuel. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, at the I don't same think you're time, you're going to get as much for Debo, though. That's okay. That's okay. I'd rather have AU around for three to four more years than, than than Debo. I think Debo is getting close to the end. And worst case scenario, though, is I'm keeping him, and then I'll you do what the Astros do with their players, and then at the end of the season, or if you know if, if talks can can you know develop during the season, but they're still in go for it mode. So I'm going to keep that re- receiver room together until I can't. And then I'll, I'll act accordingly. I don't think they're trying to unload him right now. They know he was a huge factor, especially with Debo being uh, banged up. Yeah, somebody texted a fourth for Khalil Mack. Uh, Khalil Mack's cap hit, I don't know, 38 and a half. Is that right? It's big. It's yearly yeah. cash at 23-2. Like, I'm not trading for that contract. Like, I will wait for the Chargers. And I don't think anybody's trading for that contract. No. I will wait for the Chargers to cut him, and then I'll go after him in free agency. It's like you and I were talking about the other day. The, the fact is, is where I think that the Texans, where they can prosper the most and benefit is going to be all the cap casualties because you continually are seeing guys, Pittsburgh's cutting their center, Miami's cutting another defensive lineman. You're, you're going to find a, a situation where these guys have gotten the first couple years of a deal where they've gotten really handsomely paid too, but if they got a team that knows that there's a need that they can go fill and be on a really good young team up and coming, there's a chance that they're going to be more enticed to go to Houston than any place else, and maybe you get them at a better deal. I think that's where they, they really can make some waves if you're the Texans. Uh, this guy says T. Higgins, instead of paying uh, you know, to trade and then pay, why not go after T. Higgins as a free agent? Uh, it, looks like, it looks like Cincinnati is going to tag him at the very yep. minimum. And I even heard that they're going to try to get him on a multi-year contract extension. Uh, he's not going to leave Cincinnati this year. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. We're going to make mock drafts great again, and how are we making the Texans better today? Killer Bees broadcasting live, X-Golf in Katy on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5.com, sports Scooby Snacks. No one seems to be here, Scoob. And by the looks of this pad, I don't blame them. We are live in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios inside X-Golf Katy. And the Killer Bees are currently inside each other's heads, getting to the heart of pure sports talk. It's Joel and Jeremy. He's Blank. I'm Branham. We are the Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Killer Bees broadcasting live. X-Golf and Katy, the best, the most realist, the most accurate golf simulation that exists. And they have great food and they have great drink. Always a great time. I understand Chewy's out there. Great to have listeners uh, Jeremy, come out. I- I'm just going to give you a Chewy update right now. Chewy has his headsets on and is laughing and is so loud <laughs> that it's like bad golf etiquette. Every time someone's in their backswing, suddenly there's this female-like squeal that comes from the corner of the bar where Chewy is far too in-depth in his videos right now. 
It's like being at the Phoenix Open. <laughs> it really, you're exactly right. Without the drunken stupors, yes, it is. It's always the uh, the crowd at the Phoenix Open. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. We're making mock drafts great again. We're going to be looking at the Athletics mock draft where they use every beat writer for every NFL team. So I have no idea who made the pick for the Houston Texans since they don't employ a Houston Texans beat writer. Uh, I like these drafts though because it kind of it, it's not one person Kelly. doing it. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly Eco. Eco made the pick. <laughs> he made yep. the pick. He drafted Jalen Green for the Rockets at number twenty-three. He drafted yeah, him in Thompson. Now he's double duty. Now, so he's double dipping. He's gonna he's gonna be the Athletics Texans beat writer as well. Is that for real? No. Oh, okay. You got me. <laughs> you got me good because you you deked me. It, because... does, it does have a name attached to the pick. I don't know this person, but uh, apparently a, a man by the name of Mike Jones made the pick. I mean, should you be calling him a man in 2024? <laughs> I think it's a safe bet. His the uh, it, I bet you it was probably somebody in the AFC South. Hey, we don't have a beat rider in Houston for the Texans, a playoff team, a champion in the AFC South, which is stupid and stupid business. Uh, we're just going to give some random person this pick. Anyways, uh, yesterday we had the four options of Jared Verse, A.D. Mitchell, Troy Fatanu, and Amarius Mims. We post these at at Jeremy Brown on Twitter, at ESPN975. Uh, Jared Verse ran away with the vote yesterday. Not as much as we saw the day before with Murphy from uh, Texas, but Jared Verse got 45.5% of the vote, beat A.D. Mitchell at 27, Fatano had 15, and Amarius Mims had 12. So Jared Verse's popular pick. I also got heckled for having Jared Verse available at number 23, which I'm like, hey, bro, I didn't come up with these. I outsourced yeah, this. What was doing? <laughs> which is uh, funny. We were all all over it. We're like, this is a no-brainer. If he's there... When you pick, you take him. They don't realize that I outsource it. They think I'm coming up with these names, Uh, which is kind of fun. Like, I keep doing those mock drafts every day, too, and people don't realize that I'm not serious at all. I'm just trying to, like, make people, like – say mean things to me in the in the comments and they keep doing it like they keep firing me they keep telling me i'm an idiot and it's like <laughs> the joke's on you it's an easter egg for our listeners but anyways today we're looking at the uh the athletic mock draft with all the beat riders to see who the houston texans selected number 23 and they'll play our game uh, caleb williams goes number one to chicago drake may number two to washington Jaden daniels goes third to atlanta they they did a trade with these beat riders falcons to number three patriots trade down marvin harris Harrison's the pick at four, and then Malik Neighbors at number five to the Chargers. And then Romo Dinze, uh, that talented trio of receivers at the top of the draft, goes number six to the Giants. Then a bunch of offensive tackles. J.J. McCarthy goes number nine to Denver. They traded up, went quarterback. Uh, McCarthy's going to be very interesting whenever we eventually get to the draft, but also where everybody projects him to go. I man, I think he's going to end up being in the top ten pick. Like just seeing this momentum and then hearing people talk about him. Do you really? And because everybody's so quarterback desperate, I think he's eventually going to land in the top ten. Yeah. So I trades do. up. I, uh, I I think trades up could happens, be possible. Yeah, probably more likely that. Yeah. Because it's funny. It's like well, Bowers was a guy that early on in these mocks was rumored to be up in the top five, possibly, but in the top ten for sure. Now he may be sliding. I don't think he gets up. I don't think McCarthy gets up that high, but I know that there are teams that are getting enamored with him. So uh, we'll see how – it should be really interesting to see how that plays out. I um, I mowed the grass this morning because <laughs> it's now hot oh, wow. in Houston. And um, Daniel Jeremiah – I listened to the Daniel Jeremiah – I listened to two of this podcast. I listened to the one where he met with the media um, and just talked about the draft. And then I listened to the one that he had with Lance where they went through the, ma- the mock and Lance was talking. And Daniel Jeremiah makes a really good point with Brock Bowers where it's like – or it just tied in in general – 
where it's why would you draft a tight end very early in the draft and not really get cap savings for it? Because if he gets drafted like top ten, then he's being paid like $8 million. And if you go sign the yeah. best free agent tight end right now, it's going to be $10, $11 million tops. So his thought is that tight ends could slide in drafts because these teams want to draft premium positions where they can get cap savings like quarterback you sign a regular quarterback it's 25 30 million you draft them if like sixth or seventh it's eight million same thing with receiver like how much do you have to pay for receiver versus getting them in the draft you get that huge savings same thing with an offensive tackle huge savings when you have a rookie offensive tackle you don't get that financial savings with a rookie tight end it's a good point. If you look at the trend a year ago when there was a pretty much a consensus that there were three tight ends that were studs that were worthy of being big-time players with Musgrave, with Myers, mm-hmm. and with Washington from Georgia, and you look at how they slid and where they ended up going, Yep, there's a, there's, there's a, a, some validity too. to that. Yeah, they yeah that's up, right. Like, because uh, the highest one was, was – who was drafted the highest of those? Was it – Wasn't it, was it Musgrave? It, it might have been – yeah, it might have been Musgrave. Or was it Mayer? I can't remember. I think it was Musgrave. No, Mayer slid to the second. That's right, Raiders, early second. And then Laporta yep. was a second. Kincaid was a late first. So, like, last year last year was a loaded tight end class. Like, maybe it they really didn't have was. the prospect of Brock Bowers. Like, Brock Bowers is probably the best of all those prospects. But all those guys are really good and were really good prospects, but they slide. And I think it's the financial aspect. I think I, it was a really good point. I hadn't ever thought about that. Uh, he enlightened me, that Daniel Jeremiah. And Lance Erline, the preeminent draft expert. All right, fast-forwarding uh, – Brian Thomas goes to Buffalo. That'd be kind of scary. Uh, Kenyon Mitchell goes number 22 to Philly. I, I think that's too low for him. I think he goes higher. But now we get to the Houston Texans at number 23. Mike Jones, never heard of him before. He goes with Cooper DeGene, the corner from Iowa. We've talked about DeGene. If DeGene's the pick, we're all good with it, right? Yep. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. We're yeah, all good look, with it. I think the biggest reason why we're good with it is because we go back to what we always say, which is that probably gives you an indication that if they're going that direction, that Stevie Nelson walked out the door for the last time and they need to move on. And regardless of how he fits long term and maybe he has a position change, if he can help you immediately or if he fills a need with the 10 starters that you got to replace, then I'm all for it. I've said all along I'm all for that first-round pick going defense. I think it should be because I expect to be the biggest holes there. So, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I think we're all good with uh, DeGene. So, number 24, Graham Barton, the center from Duke, always a very popular guy uh, in Houston. Uh, Nate Wiggins goes 25 to Green Bay, the corner from Clemson. And then Chop Robinson, the defensive end from Penn State, goes number 26. So, we got our options here. Cooper DeGene, Graham Barton, Nate Wiggins, Chop Robinson. You can pick one of the four blankers. Who are you taking? Again, it, 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 going back to what I just said about going defense in the first round, I'm, I'm, I'm Barton's out, and I'm looking at the defensive guys here. Wiggins is in the conversation if it's a, a corner, but but Chop is the guy that I look at because I don't expect them to resign John Grenard. And uh, just hearing some other people uh, that have been chiming in recently about what Grenard's going to expect, want, get, and have offers from other teams. Uh, on the table for, I think Grenard's going to be gone. And if Grenard's gone, then Chop Robinson would be a guy that I think that they would look at very, very seriously to replace John Grenard and be be the other bookend to Will Anderson Jr. So if I have my choice with those four guys, I'll probably lean Chop Robinson thinking you can find another corner to replace, whether it's in the draft or in free agency, at a much lower price. Chop Robinson, if you're not going to pay Grenard what he wants, would be uh, my, my pick with uh, the Texans pick.
Yeah, I'm going to eliminate Barton here, even though I'm okay with interior offensive line. I'm starting to get more momentum for myself with Cooper DeGene, the great white hope. So I'm going to eliminate Nate Wiggins here, and it's going to come down to DeGene and Robinson for me. This is – it's tough uh, because you would like to have an idea of what you've done in free agency because it would totally you know dictate what you're doing with this pick, I believe. Um, I'm going to go with the position that I think is more important. So I'll go Cooper. I'll go, uh, I'm sorry. I'll go Chop Robinson with a slight edge over Cooper DeGene, the great white hope. Unanimous between Blankers and I. Brian, do you have uh, a, another option? No, no. I, let's make it complete unanimous. And it's for the reasons you guys pretty much just gave. I would go Chop Robinson as well. But, you know, as long as it's not Graham Barton, I'm, I'm okay with any of these four. Uh, I just think, like you said there, Jeremy, defensive end, pass rusher is the second most important position on a football team after quarterback. So uh, with fully expecting Jonathan Grenard to leave, I like the I like and I, and I like the options at corner uh, more than pass rusher as far as free agency and potentially in the second round of the draft. So I would go ahead and get the uh, your other pass rusher opposite of Will Anderson, and I would make Chop Robinson the pick. All right, it's unanimous between the Bs. Who are you picking? DeGene, Barton, Wiggins, Robinson, 713-780-3776. Or you can vote at ESPN 975 at Jeremy Branham on Twitter as well. Who said it? Everybody's favorite game. Even that listener who says he doesn't like it, he's bluffing. He loves it. Who said it? Brian's going to give us uh, five quotes that were said by ESPN 97.5 personalities. And then the Killer Bees, guess who said it? That's next. ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5, broadcasting live from X-Golf in Katy. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville, best in the business at the Neograph Procedure. He does a lot of great things that help people on a daily basis. He does Botox, spa treatments, plastic surgery. But the thing he's the absolute best at, in my opinion, although he's great at everything, is the Neograph. Because I did the Neograph personally, and that's where I speak from experience. The Neograph is an absolute game changer because it's getting your hair back. It could be in the front on your hairline where your forehead's become an eight head, or it could be that baboon's butt that's rearing its ugly head on yours uh, at the back of your 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 head you get your hair back because it's real hair it's your hair it's not the sprays and the creams and the foams that mask the problem it's actually taking your hair from an area genetically you're never going to lose it the sides and the back and putting some of that hair where you need it most in those problem spot areas that you've been dealing with and the, the, the reviews are unbelievable. The results are fantastic. You see the follicles immediately, but in the six to nine months it takes for those to be set and really kind of get stronger and longer, you are going to reap the benefits for the rest of your life. Absolutely a game changer. It was for me. And the biggest thing is is that you as listeners to ESPN 97.5 get a consultation from Doc and his staff for free. It normally costs 150 bucks. You get it for free because you listen to us just by going to 975hair.com. Sign up for the appointment. Go in, ask questions, get answers, let them explain it all to you. Realize there's no signing on the dotted line, no money out of pocket or commitment out of you. But you could get answers that could be a game changer in terms of your appearance. I couldn't be happier with my procedure. I think you would be just as happy if you're the next in line. Check them out today. Go to 975hair.com. You found ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I can feel it. I can feel it down in my plums. You get a nice bluish hue. It's now time for the mega producer Joe George to do what he does best, and that's stumping. No one can stump the best stumpler in Stumpville, and that's Stumpy Joe. Stumpy Joe. What happened to Stumpy Joe? The official explanation was he choked on vomit. Today, Stumpy Joe will try to stump the killer bees with Who Said It? Let the stumping begin. Let's get stumped. 
He's blank. I'm Branham. I just saw Joe George. Uh, well, I, this rejoin reminded me. Hey, Joe, Stumpy Joe. It's not Stumpy Joe. It's Stumpy Brian. And it's more like Tree Mac, not BMAC. Uh, but uh, our station Twitter announced the new lineup, and I saw Joe post, um, you know, hey, it's me. I'm going to do radio now. Uh, but the new lineup, uh, Granado and Lance, <laughs> 7 to 10. John he just walked back in, too. So he missed that, so which is fantastic. For no reason. John and Lance, 7 to 10. Dell, 10 to noon. I'm excited for that. I'm really um, uh, 12 to 3, the Killer G's with Paul Gallant and Joe George. Killer G's, which will lead into the Killer Beast. Blank and Bradham, 3 to 6. So that's the new lineup coming up on Monday. Um, and then, of course, Brian will stay with us because his name starts with the B. So Joe George no longer with the Bs, but he's still with the station and looking forward to that Killer G show. But no more Stumpy Joe. Now it's Tremac trying to stump us on who said it. So we have five quotes somehow with the lineup yeah, we that we have, have this week? We have five quotes, so I had to get a little bit creative. Uh, but it's, they're all coming from people who are ESPN 97.5 employees and hosted this week. So that's John, Lance, Paul. Oh. Dell and Joe, those are our five possible candidates, okay. and double-ups are allowed. Okay, and then all those guys will be there next week, too. Exactly, so like, exactly. It's going to be the same pool, so that's okay. We're going to have to learn a little right. bit about some of these people, but all right, let's get started. All right, quote number one. I'd like to see a lot less of CJ from now on. I mean, is he on his way to Deshaun Watson? No, let's hope not. I don't know why he'd why we infer that for, for any reason, but I do think that CJ has put himself out there quite a bit. It would be nice if it calmed down now. We don't need to hear from CJ. Go enjoy your offseason, CJ. Huh, that's interesting. That was this morning on the bench, I believe. Oh, okay. That's even more interesting. I, I believe. I'm trying to remember <laughs> who said it. Ah, you who said it. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that was this morning on the bench. Okay. So. That's a little long-winded. Like, it was pretty long-winded. Does Granado go that long without Lance jumping in? Now, BMAC, I have a technical question. Technically, is Dell's audio used from the Ooh. bench as well as from his show? If I use Dell, it'll be from when he hosted it as his Great show. Great question. Great right. question. That was Thank fantastic you. question. Can you say it one more yeah. time, Tremac? This will be the last time because I know it's a little long. If I Oh, the quote, yes. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd like to see a lot less of CJ now on. from now on. I mean, is he on his way to Deshaun Watson? No, let's hope not. I don't know why we infer that for any reason. But I do think that CJ has put himself out there quite a bit. It would be nice if it calmed down now. We don't need to hear from CJ. CJ, go enjoy your offseason. If, if it had to be one of the bench guys, I think that's more Lance. Yeah. Like Lance yeah, getting a little, not rambly, but a little long-winded. Even when he was reading it, I was trying to remember. But I think I want to say that I was wondering – if Lance was hosting, with, if John was off and it was Lance and Dell because they were going back and forth, so I, I, I'll lean that way with you as well. I'll go. I'll go with Lance. Let's do it. I'd like to see a lot less. Oh of no! <laughs> I mean, is he on his way to Deshaun Watson? Oh no. man! Well, but Ooh, right Brian there, loved yeah. that one. Brian loved that one. <laughs> so close. Dang. Yeah, Brian loves it, and I hate it when I just miss it. <laughs> I, you, you scared me there, Joel, when you immediately said it was from the bench because obviously yes. that was correct. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Quote number two. Like society now is, ooh, you need to put some clothes on. This is a cheerleader. I know I'm a cheerleader. We're, we have a game today. I'm cheerleading. But at the same time, Ice Spice can put the whole cooter out there. Yikes. See, I don't know enough about, like, Dell going there yet because I would go Paul. I don't think Dell would use the term cooter. I think it's probably 
I can see Lance saying it too. I'm between Lance and Paul. Yeah, th- I, 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 I'm with you. I don't think John would use that as well, and we just use John. Would yeah, but Brian's Joe... tricky. Eh, I don't think Joe would go there. No. I don't think Joe would go there. I, I think you're right. I think it's between Lance and Paul. Paul did how many shows this week? Two? I think two. I think he, he did, did Monday, two. Tuesday. He did two. <laughs> I think yeah, just... I, I, I'm with you. Now, of the two. I feel more Paul. Okay, let's go with it. All right, let's do it. Paul. Like society now is, ooh, oh, man. you need to put clothes on. Another one. I know, I'm cheerleader. We're, 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 right, we're right there. We have the game today. Man, man we could have easily been. Yeah, yeah Brian's should, like, oh, man, that's out. Here we are, 0-2. <laughs> Joel's weekend has gone <laughs> off to a really bad start. No Brian's question. giving us pity. All right, so uh, obviously you got to win. you got to get the rest of these to, uh, to capture a Thanks, win. Thanks, Brian. We, we didn't need your no, analytics no, no there. No pressure, Joel, no pressure. Yeah. All right, quote number three. When I see people in movies getting ready to get their fingers cut off, I just think, just tell them. Tell them what they need to know. I don't need a waterboard. I just need a shower that's too cold. Like, ooh, what do you want to know? What, do you not have a tankless water heater here? This sounds like Paul. Paul? Yeah, is that Paul? I think Paul's the only one who would utter this. Yeah, Yeah, I I think you're right. Paul. All right, BMAC. Give us a shot here. Paul. When I see people, oh my god, oh my god, getting ready to get their yes, fingers no, cut off, no, no, I just think, just tell them. Brian's going to own us in this game. I have a bad feeling. We're never going to yeah, win we again. Yeah, we were, we were rolling for the last couple weeks, and now because Bmax back and not Stumpy, you know, Joe. you know where Brian is good at this game, where Joe's not. Like Joe just melts it in, and like it gives us, <laughs> like he gives us, like he he gives us what we know the hosts are going to say or what they're capable of saying. Brian plays poker and chess with this. He, he knows does. what we're thinking, and then he goes with a counter move to it. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely it's yeah, what, he, exactly what he, he does. Four D chess, yeah, not he, checkers. Yep. Joe was playing checkers with this, and Brian definitely plays chess. All right. Quote number four: All the college coaches are miserable. You got Tom Izzo. Every year, there's at least three Tom Izzo stories out there about <laughs> how can I reach these kids and the coaches across college basketball. It feels like it's more there than anywhere else, where they're just constantly complaining about their job situation, their players, etc. Is Fred in the mix this week? No, he said no. No Fred. It has to be a 97.5 employee. Is he not? Okay. Part-time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, I, think this is, it, this, I think this could be Dell. It could be Dell or Joe. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Joe. Yeah, it could be one of those two because they're more dialed into college. But say, can you say it again, though? Because Joe would be more college football than, than go college basketball. Sure. All right, quote number four again. All the college coaches are miserable. You got Tom Izzo. Every year there's at least three Tom Izzo stories coaches. out there about how can I reach these kids and the coaches across college basketball. It feels like there's more there than anywhere else where they're just constantly complaining about their job situation, their players, etc. I think either I think because he said college coaches and not college basketball coaches makes me go Joe. You know what? I heard the bench talking the other day about this and how coaches in college all over with the Saban effect that they're getting tired of NIL and all this stuff. And I want to say that it, I'll, you, you let me know what you think. This could be Lance's rebuttal to John bringing that up when they were going back and forth. He's going to use them three times. I mean, 
he, he has he used he's used him once, right? We oh. guessed him and we're wrong. I've oh, used Lance Brian, twice. Brian, so far, I've used you Lance have used Lance twice. twice? Yeah, I've used right, John then, once then, and Lance twice. Okay, let's then you're yeah, Then we'll take. Lance. Let's go, Joe. All right, let's go. Let's All right, go Joe. let's go, Joe. Joe George. All the college coaches are miserable. Oh. Got Tom Izzo every of year. Of course, There's it was Paul. Three Tom Izzo stories. How can I reach these kids? And oh, I thought Brian tried to help us too. Kids thing would give it away. He tried to help us. He felt bad for us to try to help us. Oof, I mean, we already lost. Like, yeah. Shut five. Out. This is ugly. This is all because we're not in the same room. This is where this is all coming from. I'm blaming that. <laughs> all right, quote number five to save some dignity. <laughs> I saw I saw anyone, this is referring to a movie. I saw anyone but you, and that's an awful movie. But I get why they made that one. Just have her run around in a bikini in Australia. I understand why you make that movie, and that's appealing. You try to get two hot people, Glenn Powell and Sidney Sweeney, together and see if it works out chemistry-wise. Editor's note, it did it. That sounds like Dell. Dell. Yep, Dell. First thing I thought of. I yeah, saw I, anyone th- but you, and that's an awful there movie. There we go. Thank but I God. get why they made that one. Yeah. Just have her running around in a bikini in Australia. I understand why you make that movie. <laughs> that's appealing. There we go. We save dignity, as Brian said. We save some dignity. <laughs> we save yeah. some dignity. Just hey, barely. Us. Way Not that we were, like, way off of all of them, but still, that makes it worse. Yeah, you could have easily gone three for five. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. You guys were we could have. in those first two. Yeah, we probably should have went two for five. We could have went two, three for five. Probably should have. We, we missed two coin flips. We should have went two for five. Uh, seven, one, three, no, seven, but we got Dell at the end, too, so we would have been three for five. Well, I'm not, I'm not giving us both coin flips. I'm giving us one coin flip. Well, I'm taking both of them and Dell and taking a win for the weekend. That's what I'm doing. We lost two 50-50s. Like, you can only get one. All right, 713-780-ESPN. Uh, let's break the bank. Seven quarterbacks who could get extensions or new deals this offseason. How, how willing would we be to give these guys money? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, the best sports radio station in Houston. I've got to prove that I'm the best, and I'm racing no matter what you tell me. (laughs) The Killer Bees are coming to you live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios inside X-Golf Caney. One of these guys is going to beat the other in a golf simulation death match. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Million Dollar Man. Everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. 713-780-ESPN. So these seven quarterbacks are going to get paid, more than likely, this offseason. How much would we be willing to break the bank on these quarterbacks? One to ten. We'll start with Dak Prescott. Some people that listen to us, like teams that are from Arlington. Uh, Mm -hmm. Breaking the bank on Dak Prescott, how willing would you be to do that if you're Jerry Jones? I'm, I, if I'm Jerry Jones, that's the key. For me, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm not too keen on the fact that I have to break the bank to keep a guy that hasn't been able to do it at the most important time when I put all my eggs in that basket, and that's the playoffs, and trying to get where I promised us to get back to. I'm not too keen on that. I'm not too happy with that. I obviously don't like the fact that he was the first and foremost player to blame and point at with the way that they got their butts handed to them by the Packers. At home, um, I, I think that he's in a very tough uh, conundrum, though, because mm-hmm. how do you get better? You've already got tons of salaries on your roster, and there's going to be more to pay. Parsons is coming up pretty soon here, i got to believe. 
I, I think that he's stuck with Dak, but I don't think he's very keen on paying Dak. So I would say that on a scale of 1 to 10, he's probably at a 5 for how excited or less for how excited he is to pay him, but he's, he's going to end up paying him. Yeah, I'm probably about a 6. I think ultimately we're going to come down with um, kind of the same thought on all these quarterbacks. Like, there's really no choice. Like, you kind of have to bring these quarterbacks back. Uh, so I'm at a 6 with Dak. Like, he's good. Like, Dak's a good quarterback. Uh, there's questions if he's the best quarterback. I mean, well, there's not really that question. But there's questions of can he win the big game? Can he get you to a Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I tend to say no, but I do think he's good. Uh, so you're a 5, I'm a 6. Brian, what do you give him? Yeah, I would actually go up even one more to seven, and it's okay. kind of what you guys talked about just just right now with the fact of you got a veteran laden team that look, we probably all agree that we don't think the Cowboys can win a championship with this crew, but the only shot they have now with these veterans is to keep Dak here and, and pretty much run it back and try to improve. If you tear it down and basically replace Dak, then mm-hmm. you're starting all over again, and I don't think Jerry Jones in his eighties is going to sign up for that. Jared Goff. Yeah, this is another one. Again, it, it, it's more so if I'm the Lions, what's my what's my other option? I mean, I'm I'm young uh, uh, in a lot of places with Hutchinson and with Gibbs and Laporta and your offensive line, and actually he keeps getting better and, and he became the quarterback that everybody thought he was with the Rams, and some people had questioned. I think you got to keep him. I, I think that. No matter how much you might think that maybe there's other options out there, you were you had the Niners on the ropes. You were in a really good position to go to your first Super Bowl ever. And so I think that this one goes up for me. I think it, that's probably an eight for me that the Lions think. I don't know that there's another option out there. And this is the guy that had us as close as we've been. I think they roll with him. I give him a tan. A ten. I think Jared Goff's the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Like he got to the, and I know he had McVay. He got to the Super Bowl with the Rams. Everybody wrote him off. Oh, the Rams traded him for Matthew Stafford, but they also traded first round picks in order to do that. People were saying the Lions were just going to cut him. Like everybody quit on Jared Goff, and all Jared Goff has done is helped lead the Detroit Lions into being one of the best teams in the NFC. I don't think that Jared Goff's a top seven quarterback in the NFL, but I do think he's the most underrated quarterback in the NFL, so I'd be ple- I'd be just fine giving him big money. Yeah, I would I would agree with Joel's rate rating of eight, and it's kind of similar to the reasons for Dak in that you have a team that's on the cusp of being able to win now, so you can't afford to take a step back, and I do think Jared Goff, while I don't think he's a quarterback the caliber that could quote-unquote win you the Super Bowl like be the main reason but I also think he's good enough to be not the reason why you don't win a Super Bowl so I think he's good enough to at least keep them in the hunt with the with a talented roster around them and they can't afford to take take a step back so I would be at an eight Baker Mayfield yeah if I'm Tampa Bay I'm not looking to lock him up long term but I know that he took us to a place that I'm not sure that they were sure they could get to with the roster they had a year ago. Now it's going to be interesting because Evans can leave and they've got some situations to deal with with contracts. But the fact is, is the division is still extremely winnable and he won it for you a year ago. And I think that there's a chance if you run it back with him, whether Evans stays or not, that you can do enough to try that you can short-term win again. So I think if I'm Tampa Bay, and again, I look at what my potential is to upgrade the position, 
yeah, you could go spend and try and chase a Cousins or guys like that, but I think you'd be better suited to keep them around for at least another year and then worry about where you go from there. So I'm going to put that at an eight as well and say that they will pay him on the short term. See, I agree with everything you said. I just I feel icky about paying Baker Mayfield. I'm like at a three. I agree. Now I, I do think you have to bring him back and all that, but I I would I'm like at a three with me wanting to give a big contract for Baker, Brian. Yeah, I'm I'm like at a four. I I don't think I'd want to bring back Baker. It's not that they don't have any cap space, but I mean you mentioned Mike Evans is a free agent, Devin White, the linebacker is a free agent. And I just don't feel like this team is heading in the direction where you could see them being a few moves and a good offseason away from being a true title contender. I kind of think last year was a fluke, and I would be probably looking at uh, putting my team towards a rebuild more than I would yep. be bringing everyone back and try to try to run this crew back and think you can actually get to the next level. Yeah, I think last year was kind of like the last year of that little window that they built around Brady, and then Baker was like the guy that kind of – kept it together for one more run uh Kirk Cousins yeah this is an interesting one for me I I just think that Minnesota has to figure out what they want to do do they want to rebuild do they want to press the reset button or do they want to go for it again because the roster isn't bad and you know that you either you've got a tough situation with Justin Jefferson who wants he's come out and said I want to win I want my bag of money and, and, and I want to get the football and if that's the case, then in the short term, Kirk Cousins is the guy you got to bring back. And he's also coming off of injury. If I'm the Vikings, I'm not too jazzed about bringing him back. But yeah. if if not, I don't know where I'm going next year when i got to get Jefferson the ball. And I, I, I'm facing the possibility of putting a rookie quarterback in there to try and do that. I think he's got to come back, so I think priority for the Vikings changes. It's not so much probably... priority; it's more like how, how how do you feel about giving that money? Because I agree with you 100 percent that Kirk Cousins, like they they need to bring him back, especially if Justin Jefferson saying I want him back. But handing him 35 million, 40 million dollars is I'm like I, that makes me feel like it a two. Like I don't yeah, want to break like, the bank on an older Kirk Cousins. It's kind of like what you said about Baker. Like I feel dirty doing yep. it because he's a regular season quarterback, but I feel like they have to. Yeah, I think that they have to, but I feel icky doing it. So I'm like at a two with Kirk. Uh, Brian? Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm higher, a little bit higher than you guys. I would actually put this as at a six. Kirk Cousins, I know he's you know, obviously had the shrinking violet in primetime label for a long time now, but he's been, I would say, you know, as good or better than any quarterback on this list uh, for the last couple seasons. And you mentioned Justin Jefferson. You're trying to resign him. You're trying to win now. They've got a good coaching staff. They've got other weapons around him like Jordan Addison as well beyond just Justin Jefferson. So I would be at about a six with Kirk Cousins. I think you got to bring him back and, and give this another shot. Um, Tua. Yeah, that, to me, this is another one. Tua, to me, is who he's always going to be. I don't think – it's kind of like what you said, Jeremy, about Dak. I, I agree with it. I, I think Dak can be very, very good statistically. I don't think Dak's ever going to win a Super Bowl. I think Tua's the same thing at a younger age. I, I don't think Tua is going to win a Super Bowl. I think that – team right there offensively with a better quarterback would be amazing and maybe unstoppable offensively I, I think they have to bring him back so I don't feel great about it but I think it's it's probably at a, a seven or an eight for Miami to to keep that kind of offensive system running the way they expect it to run I think he's got to come back yeah I'm probably about a seven with Tua I feel like they're they're stuck with Tua I think Tua's like good I don't think Tua's great Miami was so hurt with injury this year. Like I, I want to see Miami 
healthy next year to see like how much of a threat they are in the AFC. They were a shell of who they were by the end of the year. So I'm at a seven with two. Brian, where are you at with him? I'm lower. I'm at a four. I honestly, I think this is a quarterback that's been made by his weapons, especially Tyreek Hill. I don't think Tua is any better than other than Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's any, any better than the names we've already brought up. So I would be, especially since we know Tyreek has already talked about he's retiring in two seasons. I don't believe him. I, well, I maybe either. we don't believe Money's him. Maybe, you know, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But I just don't think this is a quarterback that beyond Tyreek Hill is someone I'd really want to invest in. I think that's fair. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. He's got to come back. I mean, he's your franchise quarterback. Would like it or not, and he's been dinged up. But, you know, I think that from the totality of him being a Jaguar, it's been disappointing in a lot of ways because they were expecting him to just take the world by storm kind of the way CJ did from his rookie year on. But you, your options, you're not going anywhere else and you're not finding any better, I don't think. So I think that for for me, this is a 10, as you would say. I think this is a 10 out of 10. <laughs> wow. I think that when you've got when you've got an offensive-minded head coach whose butt's on the line, you've got an organization that's put every egg in his basket – you're 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 not going anywhere from steering steering away from him. I'm usually higher on T Law than you are. Uh, I still think he has a future. I still think he can be pretty good. I'm at about a seven or an eight for for T Law, Brian. Yeah, I'm a little lower than you guys. I think they have no choice. I mean, what are you yeah. going to do? He's a he's a young franchise caliber quarterback. They're going to have to bring him back. But I don't know. He took a step back last year. There was a lot of bad signs. His yards, his touchdowns, both went down. His interceptions went up. Uh, I, I'm willing to completely dismiss the rookie year under Urban Meyer, but him, seeing him take a step back across the board, especially after av- adding Calvin Ridley, I'm a little concerned about Trevor Lawrence, and I wouldn't be nearly, I wouldn't be as enthusiastic as you guys. Yeah, uh, last one, Jordan Love. Huh, you had to do that, didn't you? Um, look, I, I, they, they don't have any other options. They're going to bring him back. Me personally, I'm at like a five. I think Green Bay and their fan base, which doesn't count, but I think Green Bay as an organization is going to prioritize him like you can't go anywhere else and this is your guy and they think he's better than CJ. When I see some of these polls and blog sites and everything like that, he's coming back. He's going to be a Packer. I wouldn't sign him for more than a couple years Why I see more of him, but he's probably going to be their franchise quarterback and it's going to be a Dak situation. Give me a tan. He's a tan. Jordan Love, uh-huh. I'm the most comfortable to break the bank on. He's the next future quarterback. He's going to be the next in the trio of Favre and Rodgers. Jordan Love will be on that uh, that list with those Packers. A tan, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, sorry, Joel. Right. I would also give this a tan. <laughs> a tan. I mean, Jordan Love. I mean, look, we gave a lot of we've given a lot of praise to their wide receivers, but it was a lot of obviously rookie, second year, unproven NFL players that broke out at wide receiver. I think you have to give some of the credit for them breaking out to Jordan. <laughs> Love. He obviously put up some. Yes, some. Yes, <laughs> but in, in his numbers by the end of the year looked, you know, damn near top of the league. So I, I would definitely invest in Jordan Love here for more than just a couple yeah. of years. Let's go, Jordan Love. Yes, let's do it. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Who are you Shut breaking the bank on of those seven quarterbacks? Uh, NFL free agency mock. What does this mean? Who goes where? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five, ESPN ninety two five. Weary SPN, 97.5 and 92.5. I left you with six adult Tamagotchis in perfect health. And by the time I came home, they were all dead. You have to, like, actively murder them in order for that to happen.